0: hello and welcome to Midriff the podcast about gender music and music here. I'm your host Hillary Jones So I was on this text thread with some friends and basically everyone was talking about how it feels like every day it's just a different terrible thing happening and sometimes I wonder if there's actually like more bad things happening or if we just see it more because of social media. And I don't know, it it, it feels so heavy and sad. And sometimes it's hard to get away from it. Like you're just kind of, it's kind of like on top of you, no matter where you go. And, you know, let's be real, it probably is more bad things, but then also those bad things get amplified, right? So it's sort of a both and. And I know for me, one of the few times that I feel like I'm able to get out of that space is when I'm playing music. And you know, I've been in sort of an in-between space musically. So it's been hard over the past couple of years to sort of like, as my last band sort of, you know, fell apart during the pandemic, it's been hard to sort of like get that together. But uh, last weekend, I was able to actually spend a little bit of time with one of my projects. We did a little bit of time um doing a demo recording. And that just felt really good. Like, uh after three years we're just like okay we're doing this thing that bands do right like we're working it out and and i hope that you have been able to play some music or get outside or do something that helps you to get out of your head a little bit as well because it has been a wild time um yeah so we'll talk more about that in a moment but other than that, in a couple of days, I'll be heading to uh, LA for NAM. And, you know, if you'll be there, I would love to meet up with you and high five in person. Just scoop me a message, we'll make it happen. I'm, I'm very excited about it. So, uh, yeah, so more about that next episode as well. Speaking of NAM, today's guest is Laura B. Whitmore, who is founder of the She Rocks Awards, which will be happening Thursday night at NAM. And she's founder of the Women's International Music Network. She is currently senior vice president of marketing at Positive Grid, in addition to previous marketing roles at Korg and others, and writing for publications like Guitar World, and being a singer songwriter herself. So we get into all of that and way more in our conversation. And after the interview, as I was mentioning, stick around and I'll discuss music's potential role in preventing mass shootings. But first, I want to thank this episode's sponsors. So thank you to Earthquaker Devices, who you probably know recently released their new Special Cranker Overdrive, which you'll probably love and costs a mere $99 if you need a rad new drive in your life, which you probably do. Also, they shared a cool Special Cranker demo with Sarah Lipstate recently, who's always great, obviously. Jamie and Julie did a live Q&A about the Special Cranker on YouTube, And also, also, uh, it hadn't been announced at the time of our conversation uh, with Laura, but Julie will be receiving an award at the She Rocks Awards. So that's awesome, too, which it's obviously very well-deserved. So huge congrats, Julie. Find the special Cranker and all of their amazing products at EarthquakerDevices.com. Up next, we have Stompbox Sonic. Stompbox Sonic provides musicians with an extensive tonal palette for auditory exploration. Specializing in effects pedals, they offer a curated collection of companies, large and small, some locally crafted, some assembled around the world. Adam and Jen have been helping musicians and sound-based artists find their sound since 2009. By working collaboratively through one-on-one consultation, they do more than sell you a pedal. They ignite the creative spark to bring your music to life. They create a comfortable, judgment-free environment for all musicians where sonic experimentation is encouraged. Whether you play guitar, bass, trumpet, harp, Rhodes, circuit bends, speak and spell, Stompbox Sonic will work with you to find the right effects to fit your project. They're fabulous. Check them out. Even if you don't live in Boston, they will do a consult with you. Uh, Stompboxsonic.com for more. Last but not least, thanks to Holcomb Guitars. Nick Holcomb builds beautiful custom guitars for your spec- uh, to your specifications and has a mobile guitar setup as well. He'll just come to your house, check that out. If you're in Rhode Island Massachusetts, let's be, let's be clear. <laughs> uh, fixing your guitar on site, picking it up, dropping it off, he will take care of that for you. No one that I know does that except Nick, um, at least locally. this is a, It's it's a very nice and convenient way to get your work done. I trust him with all of my guitars. He's done a ton of work for me, has more coming up. Check out HolcombGuitars.com or follow him on Instagram at HolcombGuitars. All right. As always, you can follow along with Midriff between episodes on Instagram and Facebook at Midriff Podcast. With that, let's get into my interview with Laura. Laura, welcome to MidRiff. Hey, Hillary. Great to be here. Thank you. Hey, thank you for being here. So for folks who, for whatever reason, might not know you, can you introduce yourself, your name, your pronouns, and a little bit about yourself and your background with music? Sure, it
1: might take a minute. So well, I'm ready. Big I'm big. ready. Uh for a little <laughs> bit more. I am she her and I have been in the music industry for over thirty years. Just many aspects, mostly in marketing, working in musical instrument companies. I'm currently the senior vice president of marketing for a company called Positive Grid. We make, you know, guitar focused software and am skier. I'm also a singer-songwriter. Um, working on a new project that should be out this year, I'm hoping. Every year I say Yay! that. But... <laughs> I mean, sometimes it takes a minute, let's be yes, real. it takes a minute. And I'm mm-hmm. also the founder of the Women's International Music Network and producer of the She Rocks Awards. So, and probably 20 other things. Uh, <laughs> so,
0: Certainly, you know, I'm sure it's true. It's, yes.
1: Life is not boring, but, but I've been in the music industry for forever. I love music. I Know more about gear than I ever thought I would. So, <laughs> so call you with all questions af-
0: after this interview.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'll have the answers, but I'll know somebody. Laura, <laughs> my amp's not
0: working. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's, a key that's point. as important. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> cool. So, can you tell me a little bit about your first instrument? Like when you were first playing?
1: My first in- Well, so my very first instrument was yes. the flute in elementary school. That's when you like first got introduced to playing an instrument. Mm -hmm. Although I guess my first instrument would be voice because I would always sing. And my, he hates when I say this, but my brother would always tell me to be quiet. Uh. That was our (laughs) headbutt. But I played the flute. And then when I got into middle school, I really wanted to sing and you can't sing and play the flute. So I traded my flute in for a guitar. My first guitar was, I think it was a a really low-end Martin sub-brand or something. Oh, yeah. I um, don't have it, it s- anymore. Sig- because it kind Sigma? It fell apart. Yeah. But my second yeah. guitar was um, an Applause by Ovation that oh, I had yeah. for a really long time, and I think maybe I still have it somewhere. But my current, like, go-to instrument is also a Martin acoustic electric oh. that I really enjoy playing. Fios has a really nice-feeling neck, and uh, I probably yeah. have, like, you know, 20 guitars now. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that's your general go to? Yeah, my like general the one that stays out is the, the mm-hmm. Martin acoustic guitar and it's not even a high end one, it's one of the I don't know, mid range ones, I guess. But yeah. it feels great. Did you really know great. the model offhand?
0: It's not off the top. Of I my can never head. it's like sometimes I'm like, I don't know. It's like a uh, they, it, like when there's all the numbers, yeah, I'm just like, I don't I know. know. I, if it's a Mustang it's a or something, I know. It's a traditional
1: looking guitar. It's yeah. not like anything special. It
0: just, yeah. uh, just
1: feels good, sounds good. I got it maybe three or four years ago um, mm-hmm. when I was doing a lot of performing at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Remember performing. Remember that. Um, but I also have a breed love that I really love, and oh. it's a con body shape, and it's made mm-hmm. of myrtle wood. Wait, which what's is myrtle the coolest. Wood? Well, you know, they make guitars in Oregon, and okay. myrtle is like an indigenous wood to that region. Oh. So they make this guitar from myrtle wood, and it's got this beautiful grain in it. Whenever I play that guitar out, people are like, What is that guitar? What is it yeah. made of? It's a it's really, really cool looking and, and it sounds great too so that's, that's kind of awesome nice, i've never
0: heard of nice that before is it yeah it's not common. is it like closer to spruce is it like a harder wood do you know it's or? a
1: harder wood but it and it has a really pronounced green and it. it's sort of like it, grayish color almost like cool. it's very interesting looking yeah i'm gonna look this up but it's got like a really nice like warm sound mm-hmm so, yeah. Do you play electrics at all or mostly? I mostly play acoustic. I have an electric. I have a Fender pawn shop, like semi hollow. Yeah. Uh, electric. It's like this cool. very weird hybrid um, instrument. Uh, that I got a while back. And that has been my go-to instrument. But I also live with a, a guitar player. So there's so many guitars in my house. Right. <laughs> They're like under every bed, behind every piece of furniture. There's yep. a few out for just picking yep. up. But yeah, there's a lot of guitars
0: there. That's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like to have some out so that you can just pick it up for pick 10 up. minutes and mm-hmm. play a little something or... You know, try it's funny how there. much
0: having, having it like under the bed can prohibit. Oh, I know just to have to
1: pull it and take it out of the, yeah the case. And actually when I was playing out a lot, a couple of years ago, <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a PA set up in my living room, like a little, like mm-hmm. one of those little tower ones yeah. for Fishman. Yep. And it would just be so convenient to just leave it out so that I could just plug it and practice. Cause I wanted totally. to practice through a PA so I could be Here really get the like. feel mm-hmm, of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but that's been
0: put away for a while. Yeah, well, still time. Yeah. Uh, Do you you have other major gear that you kind of come back to pretty regularly or? Well,
1: I have this. Little
0: <laughs> new piece of gear. Ooh, it's adorable!
1: <laughs> adorable little Spark Mini. The Spark Positive, Mini, which yeah, has actually been really fun to try out. This is one of the early like prototype models, but it's battery powered. So we were actually outside the other day. And we like plopped mm-hmm. it in the back of the car and just
0: were playing okay, and hanging out, tailgating with it. So how that many, was kind of fun. How- so it, how many watts is it? And what's the speaker size? It's 10 it's, watts. It's literally in your hand. I can it's, see. It's, it's like literally like
1: the size teeny. of like a like one of those little tissue boxes. If I yes, forward, that's exactly, exactly bigger, it. Yep. But it's like, yeah, it's little, right? <laughs> it's 10 watts. And it actually like, it's kind of freaky because it sounds mm-hmm. surprisingly big. Like it's kind yeah. of mind blowing. I don't know. <clears> honestly, how they do it. Yeah. It has a speaker, like a, a, a passive. Oh, well port on the bottom like a
0: port on the bottom that's interesting okay cool
1: and it's got two speakers i don't know off the top of my head what
0: what they are yeah what
1: size they are they're little teeny tiny friends (laughs) yeah but they're like skewed for you get a little separation of you know the stereo field and yeah um, and actually the 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 spectrum like separation is really clear and yeah like kind like it's mind blowing and, and I play music through it too. It's one of those things you just leave on your desk. Mm-hmm. But but so that and then I also mm-hmm. have this piece of gear. I didn't plug it in for this, but my short oh seven M- yeah. like for podcasting mm-hmm. and recording. Sometimes I'll do a little demo with it. I don't love it for vocal like singing. It's a little too dampened. I, it's probably settings in it I could change and make better, but mm-hmm. it's super convenient just for doing a little demoing and stuff. So yeah. I have it on an arm over here and that's, That's really nice. handy.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not as big as the SM7B. So it's like if you have yeah. it right in front of you, it's just like kind of pop it over. And it doesn't
1: yeah, you or Yeah, it's not something. that big and it's like it sounds like for speaking. Yeah, I should have used it. It sounds really amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was, was like here oh, all I'm along. Get
1: my adapter out. Yeah, it's
0: okay. It's all right. And then
1: here's like I use this piece of gear to do to record. I I record podcasts and other things mm-hmm. with it. This little Zoom multi-track digital Is that recorder H
0: four H
1: six six. Okay, yeah, cool. And it is great. When I bought this, it was when you were still going out in the world to interview people Mm -hmm. in person. And you can plug multiple mics into it and have, like, you know, that way you could mix it later. Um, But now I just put my phone into it and do, like, I can do phone interviews through it or or from the computer, too. That's cool. You can just take the uh, headphone out from your computer and route it into this. And so it's been really, really handy. <laughs> yeah. So you use it like as an
0: interface basically Yeah, as, well you can there. Use it as yeah. an interface, mm-hmm.
1: or you can use it out in the field too. So, so many options. <laughs> yeah. So those are kind of my go-to things right now. And you know, there's probably a bunch of things depending on what I'm doing, like other little interfaces and, mm-hmm. you know, mics, lots of mics. I used to work with some mic companies. So there's mm-hmm. <laughs> always, they just, there's all these hidden mics around as well as guitars you know nice I don't really have a space I have this tiny room but I don't yeah. have a space that's dedicated to music making where I'm living right now so lots of things are tucked away in different places
0: but yeah yeah, yeah.
1: they're there if you need
0: them <laughs> yeah
1: they're here I actually it was funny I went out to a couple weeks ago I went to New York and I interviewed uh, Michelle Zahner from Japanese breakfast so I brought mm-hmm. my little Recorder, oh yeah, and I had to really dig to find like my like SM fifty seven.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, I, mic, I I know that you're somewhere. I really yep. owned, like mics, Mike cables. Oh my gosh, I was digging <laughs> around, but I found them. Yeah, nice. So, so you mentioned you know that you work for Positive Grid, and you showed us the, the little amp here. You yeah. showed me the amp. You talked about the amp for everyone else, but right. <laughs> I got to see it. Spark so, Mini. if you want to see it. You can look it up on the internet, everyone, but there's some, there's a software aspect of to, to the, the spark stuff that I think is interesting as well. And I was thinking about it in, and I'll let you explain what it is a little bit more, but I'm thinking about it as far as like the ways that it can kind of help people who might be nervous about either like going to, you know, going to lessons. They're like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to play in front of other people or like going out to buy a AMP because you can buy positive grid amps like direct. Like, can you talk a little bit about the sort of barriers you're breaking down there?
1: For sure. Well, first of all, you're right. The Spark, um, the Spark Mini and the regular Spark, which came before the Mini one. There's a Mm -hmm. bigger one called Spark Forty, um, Forty Watt version. There's an app that goes with it. It comes free with the product. It's very, it's very intuitive, super Mm -hmm. easy. You just connect it and it works. And it's really fun to kind of go in and like. You can go in and change out the gear. I have well, could, are people going to see this or they're just going to hear it? They're I, just going to hear it. Yeah. But it's, it's got like all kinds of gear in it. You can see the signal chain. You can easily like turn this pedal off or like tap it and mm-hmm. like adjust it virtually. Super fun because, you know, you can just go in there and try different amps or different setups. And then there's a um, there's an online like library where people can upload and share their setups using the gear. Oh, tone cool. cloud. so you can go up there and just be like, "Oh, I'm learning a song. I'm learning a stick song. Like maybe there's mm-hmm. a sound somebody already put together for this song. You can just search it and find it and download it right into your app, and it yeah. sets it up. We were talking about sticks
0: before. Oh, sorry. So yeah, are talking
1: about sticks as one does. We like, but <laughs> but yes, there's also some other really cool interactive features in it. A couple of them like that you you know that sort of address what you mentioned is you can you know you can just pull a backing track up through the app Mm -hmm. from youtube and it'll just play in your amp and then you can just play along so you just want to play a blues like you can just find one and hit play and it'll just play Mm -hmm. right through your amp and then you play along with it super easy so it's really fun to kind of you have your like little backing band right there or learning a song too also it has, it has a Smart Jam feature, so you can just start playing, like, a little groove or some notes or something, and it'll build a backing track around you for That's you. That's so wild. We yes, are living so in the future. Wild. It's like, like <laughs> your robot backing band, right? <laughs> Very sophisticated robot mm-hmm. band. So it'll play with you, and we actually just did an update to it where it'll, like— kind of sense like oh you're being a little more intense here. like we'll intensify the back and track or, oh no you're being really chill we're like pull it back it, there's like so many things it's like just senses yeah. so that's really cool you can just start noodling around and it'll It'll just create this backing track for you automatically, and then you can also, you know, as I mentioned, you can just through the app pull something up from YouTube, for example, and it'll automatically analyze the chords, and then it'll just scroll through in real time and show you like the
0: chord charts and what the chords that's, are. And that's yeah. the wildest part to me it is wild, that, right? And I haven't tried it, but I am very curious. Is that? I'm assuming you can only do that if you have. You, there's you can't just use the software without the amp. You can't use a software. Right. Okay. so But no, I was just curious. I was like, for my own yeah. purposes, since I don't have one yet, but yeah. but that just sounds so cool, especially as somebody who I'm like, not everything that I, all the music that I am interested in, or especially like as I was learning was interested in is going to be readily available in tabs that somebody mm-hmm. will have figured out. Or like, maybe somebody hasn't done a video on YouTube and it's nice to yeah. have another way to be like, here are the chords. and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's magic. That yeah. sounds so cool. It's so, pretty yeah. cool,
1: especially if you just want to get like a you know, you just want a quick feel for like, Oh, what, you know, what key is it in? Yeah. What, what's yeah. the chords in the chorus? You know, you just totally. like, boom. Yeah. And I think or like, we, I'm playing this thing. What like chords something like 5 million songs or something right. so far, you know, yeah. can
0: it analyze your own chords or is it just stuff that comes in through the audio?
1: It can analyze your own chords if you have it posted somewhere yeah okay got it got it got it okay it won't analyze it like while you're playing it it won't tell you like oh you're playing a c but yeah 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 if you record it and put it through that part of the app it'll it'll do it yeah Yeah. cool yeah and there's Um, other things too like you can it has a video capture element right in the app so you can like be playing and it'll just shoot a video of you and the audio will go like straight in and it'll sound great you'll look great and then you can just share cool. it on your socials straight from the app like there's there's so many things I'm probably forgetting like 10 <laughs> it things sounds, it can do but it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot and it's like as yeah.
0: deep or as
1: you know Easy as you want. Or maybe you
0: don't use those things if you don't yeah, want to. you don't to, have yeah, to. So, I mean, yeah. you
1: can literally, like, with the Spark Mini, there's not as many onboard controls. But sure. with the Spark 40, the, uh, the original Spark, like, there's all kinds of controls on there and multiple preset locations. Mm-hmm. You can save the sounds you like in there and like not use the app with it you don't need to the mini has four onboard sounds that it comes with and four mm-hmm. that you they can be changed to your own presets and you can just load it, it in so like mm-hmm. you don't have to use the app every time if you kind of like have your go-to yeah settings, you can, tweak, you know? it you you can tweak it if you want to you can tweak it if you
0: want or not mm-hmm.
1: and there's lots yeah. of ways to tweak it you know there's eqs and a gazillion effects pedals and yeah so many things
0: Cool. That's super cool. Yeah. So that was just something I was thinking about because it just seems like a very easy and useful tool, especially, I mean, for anybody who's playing, but especially for folks who are just starting out who are like, I need to figure this out. And I think it's
1: great for students, like people who are Mm -hmm. learning and also like Mm -hmm. teachers. Like if I was a guitar teacher, I would make my own little backing tracks and like audio files for my students and -hmm. then just like push it to them and give them their homework and... Mm-hmm. everything's good to go. Like you can make your own little playlist that they work from and everything. Yeah. That'd be that's the so cool. coolest, easiest thing to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> totally. I did definitely think about that for teachers. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So as far as like your work with the, or the your creation of and work with the Women's International Music Network and She Rocks, can you talk a little bit about what it is and why you started it and anything else you want to add around that?
1: Yes, Hilary, thank you for asking me that
0: question. You're welcome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the Women's International Music Network started in 2012, and it was launched actually as sort of like an umbrella organization so that we could produce the She Rocks Awards. Mm -hmm. I I had actually um, thought about, you know, creating an event to bring women in the industry together, Mm-hmm. And when I was launching that event, I said, oh, it shouldn't just be about this one event like there should be more. Right. So mm-hmm. I did launch the idea, the She Rocks Awards and the Women's International Music Network at the same time. It's our 10th anniversary this year. We're still like do we're still doing everything we do, which is, yeah. you know, not only do we produce this really um, extravagant and inspiring event that includes you know celebrities performances really inspiring speeches you know just amazing women together in one space like inspiring each Mm -hmm. other but we also do ongoing you know educational events and panels showcase opportunities we interview we have hundreds of interviews of women in the music industry on our website which is thewomen.com it's t-h-e-w-i-m-n Dot com And we do free newsletter. We are kind of a hub for events from other women's organizations mm-hmm. in the industry. So we're really just trying to bring people together, create a larger voice in the industry. And, mm-hmm. you know, even like we're going to NAM in a couple months and we're going to be doing a panel about diversity uh, in the music industry and just like making sure that those conversations happen.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm hoping to be there. So that would be exciting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this year, like I mentioned, it's our 10th anniversary mm-hmm. of the She Rocks Awards. It's June 2nd. So it's the Thursday night before the NAM show in mm-hmm. Anaheim. And uh, it's open to the public. So there'll be there's tickets on sale right now at SheRocksAwards.com. And, you know, if you can't make it to Anaheim, we'll be uh, live streaming with some partners, oh, cool. including Access, Access TV and uh, Parade.com. So. So places
0: for you to do. So, can you share a few of the like headlining folks?
1: Yeah, yeah, we haven't announced everybody yet, but we are. on there's more. Dion Warwick this year. Mm -hmm. Yvette Young, um, who's a great guitar
0: player. Um, Oh my gosh, such a shredder! I
1: I saw that Guitar World just published um, Steve Vai's list of his five favorite (sighs) guitar players, and
0: she's Uh on the list. I was like, that's so funny. I saw (laughs) that article and I did get a chance to read it but yeah that's, look at that young All and good. then
1: K- Carmen Vandenberg from Bones UK she's a mm-hmm. Black Star artist so she's gonna be there. And then we're having like Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm is one of our co hosts along with Katie Darrell who's one of the hosts at Access TV so the two of them will be hosting together and our opening act is Neil Arts who is this young countryish Singer, songwriter, very talented. Cool. won a bunch of awards from Canada. And uh, lots more coming that we're just getting ready to announce. So, yeah. Cool.
0: You can sign up
1: for the newsletter at thewomen.com. It's, no, it's free. And then you'll read. Did you'll you hear know. that, people? Free. Well, yeah, it doesn't cost anything. Go <laughs> so up there, sign up. We don't bombard you with ridiculous amounts of email. Right. Send, like, a monthly newsletter out about what's going on. Uh, that's cool.
0: I, I feel like... Yeah, I mean that's a long time to be doing yeah. something like that's a huge event. How many people usually attend? Usually, we've been doing it at the House of Blues,
1: so usually yeah. it's like eight hundred people or something. Uh-huh, Are uh-huh. There, this year? We downsized a little bit because I was really terrified of doing such a big event yeah. with like what's going on in the world. So we moved to a venue called the Ranch in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. So that'll be about like three fifty or so there, but it's. It's, it's funny, even when we were doing it at the House of Blues, and I'm hoping to go back to the House of Blues because it sure. feels really special to do yeah. it at that venue. It still felt intimate and, you know, like the honorees sit in the house with the mm-hmm. other guests and the sponsors and people are people are all in it together. It's really nice. Nice. And like,
0: it's. it sounds like such a good size where you could like make it a big event, but also have it feel fairly intimate still.
1: Yeah. And it just feels really supportive. Like Mm we, we've been very fortunate to have support from the industry for the Mm -hmm. event. And, you know, some, uh, some of the same people come every year and they really look forward to it. and, And that's really appreciated too. And, and I, it's funny, like, it is a lot of work to do. And there are times when I'm like, what am I doing? I can't believe it. <laughs> and then I'll, once in a while, I get a note from somebody about how mm-hmm. much it means to them and how much it's inspired them and helps them. And I I appreciate hearing that so much because yeah. it's, it's a lot, you know, and sometimes lot. you don't yeah. know, right? You don't know wh- mm-hmm. how, how what you're doing is affecting other
0: people. So mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah. Cool. Well, so I'm curious you, you know, you've worked, I feel like in a number of sides of the industry. And so like deeply in like music gear and music instrument spaces, and then also like working now in some ways in across your career with performers. And I'm wondering how you see those things kind of talking to each other as far as like advocating for folks working in the industry versus on the performance end.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I I can't say, like, I've never been a professional performer myself, but I've talked to so many musicians. I've interviewed Mm -hmm. so many musicians. I've performed live. I've toured. I think having these different perspectives definitely helps you to understand not just, like, the things that excite people, but the pain points, too. Yeah. You know, and there's so many of those. (laughs) (laughs) So even working Ugh. at Positive grid and thinking about yep. gear and thinking about, like, how we are selling and speaking directly to people, you're thinking about, like, okay, what is their experience going to be? Like, using this product, like, how can we make it better, excite, more exciting, mm-hmm. more useful? And then on the flip side, you know, as a musician, when you're using something and you, you're you working with a piece of gear or a person or whatever that really gets it, mm-hmm. you have those, like, a kind of aha moments, like, oh yeah, there is an easier way to do this. We should always strive to create those moments, you know? Yeah. So I think everything we do, like this way, I'm always a firm believer in like going out in the world and talking to people because it all informs us, right? Like yes. there's so many different experiences. There's so much information. There's so many things to learn. and I And I just always feel like getting out there and talking to people and there's always something new that comes from that. And, and, it, and it helps, right? It helps. Yeah.
0: Me. Yeah, totally. You get the, mm-hmm. you get, it sounds like you're, it's like it provides kind of a more well-rounded view of people's experiences. Yeah. Online. And
1: it's, I think, you know, when, especially when you talk about like diversity, for example, you know, if you're working in a team and you're trying to appeal to a diverse audience, for example, and you don't have anybody mm-hmm. in your team that's from that audience, like you have to go out there and talk to the people that you're yes. trying to to reach out to. Otherwise you have no idea how your communication or your your promotions or whatever you're doing is going yeah. to, you know, resonate or not with them. And I feel and like it, that's when people fumble, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of pitfalls
0: there. Like, they're like, really, Ooh, really what did important. I do? I tried yeah. to do the thing and you're like, Well <laughs> Yeah, we tried. We tried to do the thing. Look, we put we put a woman on our side yes. and like we must do yep. right.
1: But it's like there's so many nuances there yeah. that I think it's, and we have often, and, and I have um, worked with other companies just to help them understand like, what are the opportunities to, to reach those markets or reach diverse audiences, like things to think about things they can do mm-hmm. or written articles about it. You know, it's not like, it's like, Oh, here's your checklist and you're done. Like never, <laughs> yeah. never works that right. way. But, but there, I mean, there's definitely, I think you can't be afraid to have, Like sometimes hard conversations, sometimes very uncomfortable conversations, right? Mm -hmm. But it's the only way to get more insight and to get better at what you do.
0: Totally. I mean, yeah, it sounds. This is a a good transition, I think, into like this thing where it's like I was thinking about. So you have an MBA, yeah. And (laughs) speaking of pain points, so long ago. uh, Well, (laughs) it it made me. It was just like I was thinking about it, like because I feel like there's this people don't expect musicians to have MBAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm wondering how that has affected your work to be able to have both of those like yeah. the experiences. Yeah,
1: it's interesting that you bring that up. People don't usually ask me about that. But when I was, you know, undergrad, I was a music major, a music, mm-hmm. music business, quote unquote, yeah. which was mostly like a music major with a business minor.
0: right?
1: And there was a few classes later in in that, that they tried to combine like the elements of music and business together and mm-hmm. there was some helpful information there but when I left school and started to work my first job was at, at CBS records working in marketing mm-hmm. and then my career went and moved into marketing like the whole time and, and I yeah. got to a point where I was like I was gigging a lot actually um, in a lot of bands um, doing a lot of singing and I was working for Korg USA in New York and mm-hmm. i i got to the point where i was like man i have to make a decision like am i going to really focus on music or am i going mm-hmm. to focus on my career in marketing um and i knew like if i went to to school to get an a masters degree that i would not be able to do yeah. everything there there was just no way i could mm-hmm. be gigging as much as i was and go to school. And I I sort of felt like I really loved marketing, but I didn't, I never had training. I had like one class. So I decided to go to school. I actually waited too long and I, none of my credits transferred. Like I literally had to start at nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to tell you right now, if you have (laughs) any inkling that you might want to get a master's degree, don't wait. I think I think Yikes. the limit was eight years or something. Uh-huh. And I had waited longer than that. And I, no. I had to go back. Um, mm-hmm. But I I learned so much from it. And it was really great because I was working in marketing. So as I was learning things, I could apply them right away. And I yes. will say that some of the things that I learned, I still think about to this day, like, Hey, we're going to do our SWOT analysis. Like, right. Totally. Like, yeah. Like, well, you said definitely... pain point and that's what made me, yeah. that was like, Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> here we are. <laughs> are you SWOT analysis, SWOT analysis um, but, and but pain point. Like, I mean, I think it's
1: interesting. Like it gave me a really good baseline and, you know, I been in marketing for, like mm-hmm. I said, decades, but mm-hmm. I also think like marketing in particular has evolved, so much. And it's, it's kind of terrifying as a, you know, and I I don't want to say I'm an older person, but I'm probably older than, you know, a lot of people in the music industry and marketing and, you know, keeping on top of every, every new tool and every new technique and all the Mm -hmm. tracking methods and, you know, all the different choices. It's a, it's a lot, right? So Mm -hmm. I think the key is to just not be afraid of that and embrace it. And like I said, have a lot of conversations and, you know, take to, to the opportunity to to learn, to constantly learn. And, you know, now I lead, I lead a big marketing team <laughs> Yeah. and I know, I don't know everything, but I have people that work with me that are really smart and very savvy and, and willing to you know, share with me whatever I need to. <laughs> Let know, me tell and, you about
0: yeah. our TikTok strategy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, it's yeah. my job to have like, you know, the, the video, strategy, right. The overall, yeah. yeah. The like, overall... Okay. I see TikTok. I see there's opportunity mm-hmm. there. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, social team, like, what can we do? What should we right. be doing here? Like what makes sense? You know, but I, it is tricky. I, I like when I was in my earlier in my marketing career, when I was at Korg, you know, your decisions would be which magazine are we going to run in right this month, you know, which mix of magazines. And that was really the only channel that we ran messaging on. And like, Mm -hmm. I was there, I was actually literally the first webmaster quote unquote to launch com. Like it was, you know, I was pre-internet, pre, even pre, like, I don't want to tell you, but I was (laughs) pre-computer.
0: Oh no, I, yeah. I mean, I yeah. was using a typewriter. And <laughs> I was clipping slides to press. You releases. had your pigeon that would send letters to people when yeah, you needed you know, a press release what, done? And... You didn't
1: know, right? You didn't know what you didn't yeah. know. So
0: yeah. you figured it out. Yeah. Yep. and I mean, yeah, there's plenty of ways that those skills transition. Yeah. It's just like, I think,
1: yeah, but I, I mean, I always loved school. So going back yeah. and getting a degree, it took me six years, which was really horrific because I at the, in <laughs> in between that, I had like i my I had my daughter. Oh yeah. I was, you know, I was having kids. I was going to school. I was working full time. Like it was
0: a lot on your plate, you know? Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit about your personal experiences with gear. So this is like mostly Laura musician, I would say, (laughs) or maybe event producer. I don't know, however you want to address it. Yeah, So like it However, you know, your experience has been around gender identities, and gear. It could be in recording spaces. It could be venues. It could be like going to buy an instrument. Like Mm -hmm. how, how, what has gone well for you? What's not gone well for you?
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because like when I was an undergrad, I also went to school for audio recording. I thought at one point Ah. I wanted to be a recording engineer. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, let me, you know, let me learn about this for like two Mm -hmm. years Mm-hmm. So I um I had a lot of knowledge about, you know, recording, recording techniques, live audio. And then when I worked at Korg, I really got to know, like, guitar amps and keyboards and, like, all yeah. this gear, right? So I I was, I remember one time I was a party, at a party and I was talking about, like, class A amplifiers and mm-hmm. tubes and things. And people, were, and some guy came up to me later and he was like, I was wondering who is this woman and who's talking about <laughs> guitar amps and like no uh-huh. stuff and I think you know back then like no there was almost no women in those yeah. rules. I mean I think all women had challenges going into retail outlets and purchasing products. I mean I was living in New York and you know it's very it was very intimidating. I actually like it's a little hilarious but I I think to this day, I'm still a little, like, nervous when I go into a music. A little gun so I, or Just because of my, like, you know, it gets ingrained in your brain, I guess. But, I mean, I'm not afraid to buy gear. I know so much about it. I think that that's maybe one of the keys is just, like, arming yourself with, like, as much knowledge as you can. I, I do that for everything I buy. Like, I remember buying skis for my son, and I literally <laughs> knew nothing about yeah. skis. I don't ski myself. Mm-hmm. I had no knowledge of skis except for their, their long things and they're expensive. Um <laughs> I mean so that uh, you, you learned know, about class A versus <laughs> right. So I mean you have to like you have to arm yourself with a little bit of research and knowledge so that when you're and and you know even like some of that research might be like where do I buy? Right? Like sure. where what if other people's experiences been who who can you recommend that I go to to buy? I think now I I honestly don't go into retail that often. I was in a retailer not long ago because I I they, we started selling Spark at yeah. Guitar Center, so I went into. The, uh-huh. I was in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I went into the Guitar Center and I saw the Spark there. I was like woohoo! But I I feel like maybe this is just my personal experience, and maybe some of it was about how I felt too. Like I don't feel brushed off or mm-hmm. kind of. I I don't feel that any more than probably any guy does. Like, I I Uh think like, I think everywhere there's not enough people to help you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think like sometimes when you go into retail, things seem like a little haphazard and it might be like a little tricky to kind of navigate stuff. I do probably at this point, like research online and then just go to retail to like try something or you know, or to get an accessory like, you know, cables or stuff like that. But I, I, it's funny, like one, actually one experience that comes to mind was at some point I needed to get some specialized cables and I think I was in New York City and I went into I probably Guitar Center or Sam Ash or one of those stores and they had a woman working at the audio accessories counter. And I felt so relieved and she was so helpful and great. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I went right over to her because I was like, "Okay, like she's not going to question, like, do I know anything or not? So I think that having more women in those roles or more of any kind of diversity in those roles, like helps helps the customer helps new audiences feel comfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I sort of think that carries over to like how any company like sells or talks about their product or anything. If you want to appeal to a wide audience of people, like there's gotta be representation in some way. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're always going to have like just one kind of person talking to everybody, right. and and we can't always relate to that, you know. Right. And and like I said, everybody like everybody brings their baggage with them, right? They bring their past experiences. They bring their mm-hmm. oh, well, last time I went to a store, they wouldn't even talk to me, or they <laughs> they thought my boyfriend was the one buying, or whatever it was. So I mean, yeah. I think like even retailers who do a really good job, they're they're going to have to deal with like people having those experiences, right? So you want to make it as. I don't know, welcoming, friendly uh, as
0: possible. <laughs> yeah. Is it one of those things like you have to have seven positive interactions to counter one negative one or something? I don't yeah, know how many, like, yeah, but it's like.
1: I think I used to see in my feeds, because I have like so many women that I'm sure. connected with, like these terrible experiences that people would have um at retail and they would share like the whole story and how horrific it was. I'm not saying that it's all better because I know it's not, but I've seen that less. So I'm yeah. hopeful that that's an indicator, but yeah. I also do think that the, you know, the surge of like the online experience and how you can get pretty much anything you want. And if you get it and you don't like it, you can easily like return it. It's mm-hmm. sort of like equalized some of that. I think like, oh, the tricky part may still be like, if you're not sure what to buy
0: right, and you need help, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's there are a lot of forums, but that's not necessarily yeah. bad. They all have their own opinions about that. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. It's a but whole yeah, I mean,
1: I think it's, you know, the, the more you know, then the, the more you can bring bring that knowledge with you and not be put in weird, uncomfortable situations.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or find a buddy who maybe <laughs> knows a more, buddy. who you trust yeah. or something. Yeah.
1: I mean, we're musicians are social people, right? Like, yeah. ask your other musician friends. <laughs> they can help.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking about this too, in terms of like, so I I was, I listened to your tone mob interview, which just came out. And so I was, I was, one thing that you had said kind of stuck with me, which was that, that, you know, when you were coming up in the industry, that a lot of women were taught to like suck it up kind of thing. And, and that like now your daughters don't stand for that. But I feel like there's, I, I hear that still sometimes where people are like, well, I had to sludge through this and, you know, and therefore you should too, like that kind of thing. Do you, I don't, and that's, that sentiment really bums me out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying you had that, but I've also seen I, that. I guess so like, I'm wondering how to counter it. Yeah, I think it's like, it's this weird
1: balance too, where you're like, yeah, okay, this is just an example. Like, yeah. you know, maybe your boss says something that you take exception to and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe like, they said that, like, I'm going to tell mm-hmm. HR, like, that's not cool, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whereas, like, for me, I probably would just brush it off, because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like, that's not right, but I've had so many worse things happen to me, like, in my perspective, that's right. not that big of a deal, right, 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 so I think it's all about, you know, similar to what I said about the baggage that you bring with you into the story, right, it's all mm-hmm. about your own experiences, your own mm-hmm. expectations, and, You know, even expecting someone else to react the same way that you do is not realistic. Yeah. People have their own experiences. So, you know, that whole like, well, you should just suck it up. You know, sometimes that's about how your parents brought you up or Mm -hmm. what your teacher said or, Mm -hmm. you know, what you heard from other places. And sometimes, you know, that's the way that people think that they need to help somebody
0: yeah live in the real yeah. world right and that's a good way to that's a yeah. good way to put it i think it's like it's it's because I, I always see, hear when i hear people say that i was just like but don't you want to help other people but i guess you're saying that that is their way of yeah saying like, that they're like, trying oh, to help well,
1: them that's how i like moved forward right. i learned like i gotta have a thick skin like there's yeah. like something you know this whole like idea of choosing your battles right like you mm-hmm. can't fight about everything yeah. your whole life is going to be about fighting right? and yeah. right. there's always something to fight <laughs> yeah there's always something that goes wrong there's so many things you know so I think part of it is just being able to find like a balance within yourself that you feel good about of like okay mm-hmm. this I'm gonna tolerate and this I'm not gonna tolerate yeah,
0: yeah I think and, that's a good point just having like very clear lines about what's acceptable yeah. for you and
1: sometimes you yeah. don't know though right like you you're you're, st- you're put into these situations yeah that you have to like react very quickly, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. like, what do I do? Like, all right, I'm just going to do what I think is the right thing at the moment. Those are the things that I always think about later,
0: right? Like, oh, I sure, I should have done, this done that You or... never, yeah, you yeah. can't prepare yourself for everything; it's not possible. Yeah. So it's like, also, yeah. I think people not being hard on themselves if they don't respond exactly appropriately at the moment, but I think, yeah, I think thinking about the mindset of people who are advocating for that as like a way of people like. That's how they got through it. So maybe that will work for other yeah,
1: people. And yeah. And I, I like, I wouldn't necessarily like take offense or feel bad about that. I think women's experiences, well, people's experiences like sure. evolve, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like the things women had to put up with a hundred years ago, like I can't even imagine. Totally. You know, yeah. so. Yeah. It's a really deep conversation, Hillary.
0: <laughs> so many nuances. <laughs> but
1: that's the thing, right? There are yeah. so many nuances, mm-hmm. and I think that that's like the thing. The thing that I um, always advocate for is like you know, open your mind. Like, why is this person saying? This? Oh, yeah. Why is this person bringing this idea to the table? Yeah, like, you're not it's... always gonna like it. Like sometimes, no.
0: yeah, will bring ideas, and you're like, what? Yeah. But, and I get it. I get why ooh. people have that viewpoint because it is, I, it makes like they had to do it themselves and that's what worked for them. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And they're like, you guys have it so easy. Like you should just Exactly. It yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to dig in a little more. So thank you for allowing me to do that. So if there were any, if you were speaking to folks in the music gear or like music instruments, industry gear more broadly, and they and folks were coming to you asking for some like general recommendations about making change um, as companies. Like, what would you tell them? What are your recommendations? Are you talking
1: off? about making change with their products? Making change with, with their products with process? with around
0: yeah no around gender uh, oh, and diversity gender, specifically. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I
1: mean, I think there's some company like I, I. It's interesting, like as I mentioned, the She Rocks Awards ten years right. I yeah. do see more companies more interested in talking about diversity and talking about, you know, what do we do? How do we do this? How do we bring more diverse people? Like not just as customers, but within our own company. And I think that
0: totally
1: that's a real key too, is if you, you know, prioritize diversity within your company, then it'll, Mm. it'll spread out into other facets. But I also think this is what I've always said. Like we can't be passive about it. There's, if we're passive, then the pace is so glacial that like in our lifetimes, you won't see any real movement. So, I mean, you have to be super proactive. And sometimes that means like, okay, I'm going to create an internship program where I purposefully make sure there is diversity because otherwise there's no there's no like training ground where you're going to get like automatically, like all these diverse people are going to apply for your jobs. Like they have to have experience and it's kind of a catch 22, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you don't help them create the experience, then they're never going to have the experience. So I think, you know, I always talk about being proactive in, you know, training the next generation of new people that you bring into your company, that you work with, that you represent. I think, There's a bunch of companies that are doing a much better job of representing diversity, Mm -hmm. you know, in like the videos they do and the people they use in their marketing and like the artists that they work with. You know, even it's funny, we're talking about Martin Guitar, because like back in the day, I always thought of that brand as like a really traditional guy focused brand. And they have been very purposeful in diversifying Mm -hmm. like who are they? Who are who are the players they're working with? Who are they talking to? What you know? How are they talking about their products? I think it's all of those elements, and then just a little bit of like an undefinable like dedication to like making sure it happens. And it's
0: right. it's
1: really tricky. Like I will say this: even myself, when I am doing a panel, when I'm doing mm-hmm. the She Rocks Awards, when I'm doing any event, I'm thinking about mm-hmm. not just do I have women there, but do I have diverse women, yeah. right? And it is not always easy. Mm-hmm. It is not easy for me as somebody who knows tons and tons of women in the industry to find like a person of color to be on my panel, yeah. for example. But I, I'm i really committed to that. And I, I like sometimes I'll fail. I won't be able to find the person there and there's nobody available or there's not the right that we're talking about a specific topic, whatever, whatever the reason is. Mm-hmm. But I at least I feel like Made a very concerted effort. Yeah. And it was, I was very conscious of it. So right. I think like just having not just like that consciousness, but the will to like spend the extra effort is, is really important. And, and I think that comes across in this kind of genuineness too, mm-hmm. in like what, you know, what you're trying to do. Cause like, it's so easy to just do the lip service part without actually really feeling right. it, you know? Right. So I think it's, like I said, it's really tricky and it's something that we have to kind of help grow because it, yeah. it's not going to grow. It'll grow by itself really, really slowly. It's got to be intentional.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give it a little push. It needs a, little, it a little push. push. It's, it's not going to happen. My whole, my whole thing, I've yep. got to give it yep.
1: a little help. You know, yep. we got to get people talking. we got to, like, focus on it, prioritize it. And, and I will say this, like the musical instrument industry, like I see it getting better. I definitely see more yeah. women working at companies in the musical instrument industry. But, yeah. I think the racial diversity element is terrible.
0: Mm-hmm, like
1: you don't mm-hmm. see a lot of that kind of diversity in the musical yeah. instrument part of the industry. I mean, maybe in the performance part, you see more of it so I think that that's something we need to work on too.
0: yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah. cool. I, I mean, I, I just really think the key the key to everything and this is I mean kudos to you we've got to talk about it Mm -hmm. you know like I've I have had I've moderated panels where we talked about racial diversity in the musical instrument or just in the music industry in general Mm -hmm. and as like a white woman like I put myself in an uncomfortable position like I'm not even sure like some of the terminology am I saying it right like there's
0: Mm -hmm. like weird you know, things that come up. Yeah. It, well, the nuances, like you're saying, the right? Nuances, like if you're not right? part of that yeah. group, you're not going to necessarily yeah. recognize and so, them. Yeah. I mean, I
1: even like, I remember doing this diversity panel at Digital Hollywood mm-hmm. one time and I had some really amazing woman on the panel and we were talking and then there was a woman in the audience who was Latina and she said, hey, I don't see like anybody from like my group in your yeah. panel. And I was like, you're right. Like yeah. I, you know. I will think about that because Mm -hmm. like people, you know, it's good. Like we should be forcing people to think about it. Yeah. And it's not all terrifying. Like you bring it up, you talk about it. People appreciate that you talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully there's another step after that. And it's like, you consider it as a gift, not as like,
0: yeah you know a criticism you know yeah right it's like
1: like, oh thank you for like saying that to me because i would not have thought of that i wouldn't have and like i'm pretty conscious of it but even you know i'm not perfect either right but you know i think it's i think the other thought that i often have is it's a journey like you're not going to fix everything tomorrow Mm -hmm. you know and you, you like every step you take is a step yeah you know so
0: yeah yeah that's all really good, I think. Uh, I'm,
1: a, I'm also not super militant about it. I know some people, and I, I don't mean that in a negative way. Like, sure. I think some people are very, very passionate about you know the ideas behind diversity, making sure diversity happens, being upset when it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I've, I don't know why I'm not like I'm not like that. I, I, I think I'm more. I don't even want to say accepting. I know the real world is very flawed. I guess that's uh-huh. how I feel about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like sometimes, they, you know, I used to write for Guitar World. Like I was yeah. one of the editors for a time at Guitar World. And people would say to me all the time, like, how can you work there? Like they are so sexist, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so what would you have me do? Not try to bring another voice to right. that platform? Like I, I know that's not right. But I also mm-hmm. know, like, the only way to make it right is for me to be there, like, doing what I'm doing. Right. right. So it's like it's yeah. it's this like, weird
0: balance. I mean, it's this is the thing is, like, people are coming at this from different places. Like, it's helpful yeah. that there are people who are going to be, like, people who are, like, really sticking to it no matter what, yeah. no matter what the situation and having those voices and then having people who are able to do some of the change, like, within the organizations yeah. and then people, like, individually being able to, like, make choices with their money and, you know, like Mm -hmm. all of those things kind of come together, like at the industry level, you know, like NAM or things like that, you know, like there's lots of different ways that you can make change. And I think there's space for all of them, I guess. Right.
1: And I think just respecting that, like, you know, people are going to bring like different things to the table. Right. Mm -hmm. And some are going to bring this huge passion and that's great. Like that's important. And some are going to, like you said, they're just going to bring these other pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And sometimes it can just be like support or it can mm-hmm. just be like, hey, Laura, that was great. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be more than that sometimes. Right. But yeah, there's a lot to do. So every piece helps.
0: <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Find your puzzle piece and your puzzle piece. make it work. So as we're closing out here, can you share, you know, some things that maybe you're psyched about coming up and how people can stay in contact with you? Yes. Well, I'm definitely
1: psyched about the She Rocks Awards coming Certainly. up in less than two months, which is insane. Woo. And also we'll be there exhibiting as Positive Grid 2 at the NAMM show. So that'll be really fun. And there'll be lots of gear for people to try and check out. So that'll be cool. cool. Otherwise, I'm, you know, as I mentioned, I'm just working on music and trying to get this project I've been working on for more than more years than I want to admit, actually finished. <laughs> uh-huh. There's this album I've been working on with a co-writer called Girl, The Album that is almost done. We're so close. You know, it's so funny. We were actually about to go into a recording session to finish this album the weekend that lockdown happened. No. So we didn't do that, obviously. Uh-huh. And I also think like the last maybe year and a half or so, I was very uncreative. I like, yeah, I was it's... working a ton, but I wasn't really working on music. Right. And, you know, that, that whole, that whole period of time was very intense, you know, yeah. it was a lot of energy focused on, are we going to be safe? Is my family going to be safe? Like, mm-hmm. how do I go to the grocery store? Like all those things. And it definitely drained a lot of like creative energy yeah. from me. So something's yeah. got like put on the shelf for a little, that... for a little while. But I think I'm starting to feel it all come back. All the juices are flowing, and uh, yeah, I'm very excited to have the girl album done and in the world. And and I also I'm really dreaming of like, like just playing an open mic sometimes. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. I, I believe in you. Take my
1: guitar and sing a song mm-hmm. and meet other musicians and hang mm-hmm. out and have cup of coffee. Like that's what I want to do. It's a very I think and, that... like it's a very humble idea. But...
0: I think you can do it. I think you can do it.
1: I think I can do it.
0: But I mean, <laughs> other
1: than that, I mean, we're just, gosh, I spend a lot of my time thinking about guitar
0: amps and gear. <laughs> we can talk about it all day. If you yeah. had all day, I yeah. would, I would recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But yeah,
1: thank you so much. I, I, um, yeah, I mean, I'm always trying to find new ways to talk to people and new people to meet and, uh, new ideas, so
0: well, this is awesome. And I appreciate very much all the work that you've been doing in the industry for the past 10 years and beyond, because I, I yeah, it's just, it's so important to be having these conversations. Obviously I feel strongly about it, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah, but I really appreciate that you've been, you know, cracking away at it yeah, and thank not, you, not stopping. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, so, it's funny. Sometimes I look back and go like, wow, I've been like working on this for, for many years now. And I mean, my understanding of, like the scenario, the world has, has evolved. And, mm-hmm. and I hope a lot of other people just from being a part of those conversations.
0: Totally. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate having the opportunity uh, to talk to you and hopefully I'll get to see you at NAMM. Yeah. Awesome. I hope so. All right. Thank you. Thanks. I really enjoyed getting a chance to talk with Laura and hopefully, I'll get a chance to meet her in person at Nam very soon. If you are going to be at Nam, I believe there are still a small handful of tickets available for the She Rocks Awards, so get on top of that right now. <laughs> All right. So, if you don't know, my educational background is as a social psychologist, like a researcher, right? So. One of the things that I try to do to make myself feel better is to learn As when there's something bad that happens is to learn as much as I can about something as a means of sort of gaining control of a situation and potentially figuring out how to make change. And, you know, while I haven't been digging into the academic research yet, per se, which is something that I would really love to do, um, and maybe I will soon, I've been consuming a lot of like podcasts, articles, things like that about mass shootings and how folks become mass shooters. And I'm in absolutely no way an expert on this. That's my initial disclaimer here. But I did want to share a couple of quick thoughts. Um, so one episode that I listened to, uh, that I've been thinking about a lot is with uh, researcher Jillian Peterson and James Densley. And I'll add a link in the show notes to that. It's from the New Yorker Radio radio Hour. And they spoke about the similarities between mass shooters. And, you know, even if they have somewhat different motivations, right? So as we've seen potentially from the Buffalo shooter and the shooting um, in Uvalde, Texas, I've been... I've been whipping around, you know, some combination of like guns, masculinity, vulnerability in my head now for the past week. Um, and obviously that percolates a little bit more every time there's a mass shooting. But um, but, yeah, it, I, I, I don't doubt that there's that guns play a huge, huge role in this problem. Right. Like there's no doubt, um, you know, access to an assault rifle inherently turns something that might be a stabbing or a shooting into a Mass shooting, right? That seems pretty obvious. However, in public health, they often talk about the idea of moving upstream. And I might have mentioned this on the podcast in the past. It's basically like thinking about the root causes of the problem, so you're not having to like go downstream and have to deal with like whatever happens after the problem. You don't. Want, you want to be able to do things as preventatively as possible, right? So if we look at what causes someone to do to want to shoot someone in the first place. We can see that the gun alone didn't make the person shoot, right? But what made him want to shoot, that's what we want to think about, right? So the the answer is often vulnerability, isolation, loneliness, and a lack of social support. And, you know, for some, this leads, you know, to reaching out and finding connection with others who feel aggrieved by their lot in life via online like white supremacists or incel groups. And for others, they might turn what might otherwise manifest as suicidality externally. To others. And, you know, one thought that I had had this week was about the role that music can play in prevention of mass shootings, right? So, you know, music can't do everything, but it can help. And even if it isn't music, making sure that all kids have their thing that can fill that role is extremely important, right? Uh, you know, music for many teenagers, it's able to provide them with like self-esteem, self-expression, social support, connection, and community. And, you know, channeled healthily, it may have the ability to stop those root causes before they become an issue. And of course, you know, this doesn't work if they're listening to white supremacist bands or, you know, something like that. But for the most part, music, no matter the genre, the instrument can help someone go from lonely, and to, to connect it and, you know, help them uh, feel accomplished in something while providing an outlet for difficult emotions that might not otherwise exist. Right. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's a lot of factors. This is not a like one factor issue. Uh, it could be that there's obviously anybody who goes out and, you know, kills someone. There's there's a mental health component to that as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you can kind of like cut all of this off, if someone can recognize if someone's connected enough to recognize that someone has these issues, coming up because they're in community with them maybe around music or something else that is one way to sort of stop things before they start. All right if you enjoyed the podcast please rate and review it so more folks can hear about it and stay in touch on Instagram or Facebook between episodes. Thanks for listening.